And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today we'll be discussing our favorite scripture and our testimony as to why. And our scripture for today is from 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All right, here we go. Favorite scripture. Mine is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is being sure in what you hope for and certain in what you do not see. And I feel like my whole life has been centered around one word, and that word is faith. Even before I was a Christian, I felt this word deep down inside of me, ready to come out. I just didn't know how to get it out when I was younger. So many different things happened along the way. Too many for me to talk about right now. So I'll start in the years leading up to my husband and I getting our dream home. You know, I'd prayed about our new home for several years, and each year the Lord helped me build my faith. In 2002, I was just sure it was time to build our new home, so we called the builder that we had been looking for, and we had found him a few years prior to that, and we'd been looking for a builder for a while. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's a hard decision hard to, find, to make. Yes. And only to find out that the owner had passed away recently, so we were devastated. I had met this man several times, my husband and I both had, and he was so full of life, so it was shocking to us. You know, and it wasn't as easy as, oh, we'll just find another builder. No, we wanted this builder. (laughs) We loved his style and couldn't find anything else like it. So back to praying I went. You know, through this process, we had been talking to his son, but his son wasn't sure if he wanted to continue his dad's business. And we knew he was still grieving too, so that, Mm -hmm. you know, it was hard. So I prayed and we waited. A year went by and I called to check on him and he had just recently decided he was going to continue his dad's business. Praise God. Mm -hmm. He had spent the previous year finishing up all of his dad's projects that he had been working on. And he said if we were willing, he would build our house. This would be the first house he would build completely by himself without his dad's help. Yeah, that was a huge leap of faith for him. And he was so worried we were going to tell him no. But I knew what God was saying and it was yes. We prayed, we had faith, and we waited until God said it was time. We moved into our dream home in December of 2004, and it far surpassed what we had originally imagined. Mm. God blessed us, you know, because we were obedient. We waited. Right. Right. All right, fast forward that to 2008 when the economy fell apart, and so did our small self-employed business. We exhausted all of our savings to keep from drowning in our mortgages and utilities. My faith was tested beyond anything I'd ever imagined during this time. We lost all of our employees, and it got really bad. Here we were living in this huge, beautiful house, and we couldn't even find, or we couldn't even afford groceries to eat. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty scary. We couldn't pay our utilities sometimes, and the mortgage was always late. We got really behind in our payments. This went on for about six or seven years. We lived in this 4,500-square-foot home that had six bedrooms, four bathrooms, a huge game room and media room upstairs, beautiful sunroom downstairs, had a four-car garage, huge swing pool in the backyard, and it was sitting on over an acre of land. Wow. You know, when I asked for help, people would come to my house to bring us money or groceries. I was so humiliated and embarrassed, and I was just convinced these people didn't believe me after they walked into my house. 
Kathy, where were these people from, like the church? Or? I had most of them. You know, some of it was just family friends, but uh, family and, and a few friends, but mm-hmm. most of them because we were going to church, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, you could you could share your story there. Yeah, and I could, you know, but it was hard. It was one of the hardest times of our lives. And I can't count how many times I had to drive to different food pantries that were giving out free food just so my family could eat. Mm. It, I mean, it was bad. Wow. I saw other people that were struggling at these places, and I can just tell you this humbled me so much and it changed my life Mm -hmm. during these difficult years fear took over my life i was fearful of losing our home not being able to pay our bills not being able to eat my husband and i were just sick with the worry all the time it was just a constant oppression it was so hanging over your head it was devastating yeah and the one thing i was so frustrated about is i didn't know what to do or where to turn for help and the more i didn't know the more i knew within me the only thing that i could do was cry out to god right i remember crying and begging for him to help us so many times. And here's the two words that he kept saying to me. Have faith. That was it. Wow. Have faith. Yeah, I was so frustrated. Like, I was thanks, like, God. Yeah. <laughs> really? You can't just, like, help in another way? But there was a lesson in this, you know. And he wanted me to understand that I had to have faith in him and I had to trust him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that went on for several years, that whole have faith. Me begging, pleading, barely making it to God telling me, you just need to have faith. And a couple of years went by, and I actually started listening and processing those two words. And then my perspective changed. And I started researching the word faith and discovered the mustard seed parable. And I'm sure mm-hmm. many of you have heard it. Right. Um, that is where my true faith journey really began. And as I continued to seek the Lord's help and have faith, I began to notice these little blessings that He had been doing along the way. Someone had paid our utility bill several times. Someone brought groceries to us when we needed them. Sometimes people just came over to encourage me and just to pray over me and my family. And it's that, wonderful. That was it's huge. So great. Uh, we, someone gave us money to fix our car when it broke down. Another time, someone fixed our car for free. So there's just so many things that good things that came from this. There were so many things he did along the way that got us through one of the most difficult times in our lives. I discovered over those six and almost seven years that God had provided just enough for us to survive, having faith and trusting in Him. I had to depend completely on Him for every single thing that we needed during that time it humbled me in ways that changed me forever you know go go ahead (laughs) (laughs) it's like it teaches you how to receive yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. it's hard to do yeah and And to put yourself in other people's shoes when they're suffering right you have a lot more compassion and empathy for what they're going through you want to help them and i've always been a giver i've always been one of those people that helped people out but when you're going through it yourself Boy, that when that table is flipped on you and right. going through it, it's hard. It's right. It's very and it can happen to anybody. Yeah. It was good because I learned so much. Right. It touched me so deeply and I have now published two books about faith. That's, That's how awesome. intensely God. it changed my life. Mm-hmm. During one of the most difficult times of my life I chose to have faith and it changed me. That's why my favorite scripture in Hebrews eleven one says, Now faith is being sure what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I was sure in my hope that this was just a season, and God would bring us out of it, and He did. And I was certain that our future was bright, even though I couldn't see it, and it is. You know, Kathy, I was going to say, too, you can't write about what you don't know. Right. And you had to go through that so you could write those books. It was deep. It cut deep. Mm -hmm. And the things that I learned from it have molded me to who I am today. Right. Compassion, humble, all the things, all the things that God had been trying to show me from a young age, but he had to pull it out of me, mm-hmm. and I had to go through some stuff to get there. And I needed to know. I needed to know that I could depend on God for every little thing. For anything. Even food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just even the simple thing of food and water. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was huge. 
It was a yeah. huge lesson for me, and it was a huge thing that uh, I just I don't even want to get emotional thinking about it. But it's it was it it changed me, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I, I'd do it again. I've said that in the books that I've written. I would go through what I went through again, even though it broke me in so many ways. I would do it again because. That's how much I love my God. Mm-hmm. And you know that he'll never drop the ball on you. He did so much for me during that time. Yeah. It was, wow. uh, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just to follow up, we moved out of our dream home in 2015 because the Lord told me he had something way better for us. Over the past few years, I've been receiving visions of land in our forever home. Um, and my husband and I have always wanted land. I know it's just a matter of time before that dream is fulfilled. I've learned so much along my journey, along my faith journey, and I'm a better person because of it. All the glory goes to God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I remember growing up in my family and hearing stories of my mom and dad's early years of marriage when my dad was still attending seminary, you know, yeah. and they didn't have anything. They didn't even have money for groceries. And so they would, you know, take a walk around the campus because they're just starting to pray and ask God for direction and and how is how was that, you know, provision going to come? And I remember they told me they said when they got back to their seminary apartment, there was a bag of groceries sitting there on the counter. Oh my gosh. You know. So good. Like how did that happen? Yeah. Right? Right. And then I remember, you know, years later when I was more of a teenager and stuff, my dad was pastoring a church and I remember him telling stories several times when they didn't have money to pay a bill, and someone would just anonymously put a check in the mailbox for that exact amount. Like if the bill was $288, it was exactly $288. That's huge. No name on the envelope, no nothing. Or it would be just cash, you know, back in the days when you could put cash in a mailbox, you know. But, you know, yeah. (laughs) So I grew up hearing stories like that and living by faith, you know, that set the beginnings of foundation of faith in me. That's so good. Oh, that is good. Well, I can relate to this with my husband. In 2002, we had a similar experience. He was pretty burned out after a season of working for a difficult person. Yeah. And he needed a break. Mm -hmm. So, and he was also supporting me through grieving the loss of my father. We were in upstate New York, and it was the fall of 2002 and end winter of 2003. Mm -hmm. There was... There was a lot of stress of owing people money. There was no work, so we still had to pay the mortgage. We had truck payments, plus eating and paying for hay for around 25 horses. Wow. We we were either eating Kraft macaroni or spaghetti every other night. Yeah, because it's cheap. Pasta goes a long way. (laughs) And date night was McDonald's. Right. (laughs) Hey, there's nothing wrong with date night at McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there, right? Right. Oddly, it turned out to be a very special time together because we were growing spiritually without even knowing it. Yeah. And I remember having Psalm 23 on my mirror in my bathroom. And mm-hmm. Oh, it. wow. Every chance I got, I would say it. But it's like Paul said, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Mm-hmm. All right, Susan, what's your favorite scripture? My favorite scripture is, Be still and know that I am God, Psalms 46.10. The first version I ever heard of this was, cease striving and know that I am God. Be still, let go. Relax in my presence as I commune with you in holy whispers. That really spoke to me. It made me realize that all the striving and attempts to fix things within my own power was not working and I was depleted. My circumstances in life were shouting they were bigger than anything else. Not a fun place to be. (laughs) No, no. This scripture is my favorite because I'm trying to actually live it every day. It has become my goal daily. 
I can be still in a room physically all I want, but still struggle in my spirit to be still. I believe God saying for me to be still in His Spirit. There were times when I would try to get to know God intellectually. I would read about Him and try to understand Him as well as my circumstances. This is impossible, because God's a spirit being. Yeah. He was showing me what He wanted to connect on a spirit level, where I accepted Him into my heart and not my head. God slowly revealed to me who He was in this intimate prayer time. Mm. Usually, when my circumstances are shouting loudly, I know that I must quiet myself and spend time with God in contemplative prayer so that I can experience intimacy with Him. Somehow, everything else becomes small, and it feels like it melts away. This was always what I craved before I even knew I was craving it. Once I could experience intimacy with God, I would begin to hear Him. Mm -hmm. I might learn of what step to take next in life. When I don't know what to do, I wait to hear from Him. And even if I do know what to do, I couldn't do it in my own power. Right. It's only in his power that I can accomplish anything. It's in the stillness that I can hear him, and that's where I get my answers, direction, and comfort. Yeah, you know, and in that that verse, be still, know that I'm God, that's, that's the beauty of it, is being still and listening mm-hmm. for his voice, and he'll guide you. And Because yes. you have to trust him. Yeah. Yes. It just goes to that deep trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's good. So some of these... Examples of circumstances in my life were were that I lost more than one immediate family member within a short span of time, my Mm. sister and my mother. Wow. Yeah, and also my mother had dementia, and this was a whole other form of grief. yeah. Yeah. I had to learn how to find the appropriate care for her, which became an ongoing process, and this was challenging as I lived very far away in Texas from her and my family in upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah, went through something similar. When we moved out of our dream home in 2015 that I mentioned earlier, we ended up moving down to Austin, Texas to make a new start, me and my husband and my children. And during this time, my mom started getting really sick. Her health declined rapidly. And even though my stepdad was there, it was just too much for him. So I did a lot of traveling back and forth from Austin to East Texas where they lived. Being far away from your you know, your close family when one of them is sick is really hard. And I ended up losing her the very next year in 2016. Yeah. You know, I I lost my sister in 2018. She was up in Chicago, and everybody else lived far away. I was down here in Texas, so it was very difficult. Yeah, it's difficult being Mm -hmm. that far away. Yes. Another circumstance I was going through was my father had reoccurring illness, cancer. And it was difficult watching his suffering through this disease and sat by his side as he passed on to be with Jesus. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. It's challenging because he actually never got to meet my kids. Oh, right. Me, but right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I went something similar with my stepdad also. You know, after my mom passed away, my stepdad was devastated. It was, I had never seen him like that. He would beg for me to come stay with him because he was so lonely and he missed my mom so much. Mm-hmm. She was his world. I couldn't go see him very often because I had my own family to take care of. And, you know, we talked on the phone almost every day. He ended up dying two two years later in 2018. But there was a lot of healing that took place during those two years after my mom passed. He was an alcoholic when I was younger, and things just weren't good between us. The Lord delivered him from alcoholism a few years after I had moved out as a teenager, so I didn't get to live with him and experience his transformation. Mm-hmm. But I knew he was a Christian, you know. He loved the Lord with all of his heart. That was the most important thing to him. I mean, that was all he wanted to talk about. So mm. we were, when we talked on the phone, that was what we talked about. beautiful. It's his favorite subject. And we had some really good conversations, you know. It was good. It was that good. good. Good place to be with him. 
I just wanted to mention another circumstance. Yeah. Was that I, as well as my children, were both hospitalized during my pregnancy for a length of time. Mm, Yeah. Quite challenging. It's a very lonely time. Yeah. Well, goodness, Susan, I didn't know you were hospitalized during your pregnancy. That had to be a tough season for you. Yep, it was, but I prayed every single morning. I still have the same prayer book that I had then. Oh, that's so cool, because you can go back and read, you know, through all the things that you wrote during that time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Remember how good God was and is. Yes. Is. Very good. Laura, what about you? What's your favorite scripture? Well, 1 John 4.18, it says, Where God's love is, there is no fear, because God's perfect love drives out fear. It is punishment that makes a person fear. So love is not made perfect in the person who fears. I like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's the New Century version. I like the way it was written. Yeah. You know, the, kind of the more condensed version is perfect love casts out all fear. It's yeah. just kind of the short <laughs> version. But, you know, I have a lot of favorite verses in the Bible, so it's really hard for me to just pinpoint one scripture, yeah. you know, that's my favorite. But this scripture holds a lot of great meaning in my life because it was a very key verse in helping me to, to break free from a huge stronghold of fear in my life. Laura, can you explain what a stronghold is? Yeah, it's just a fortified place, like the word stronghold. It's a stronghold in your life. It's an area that's dominated or like occupied by a particular characteristic, such as what I'm going to talk about, which is fear. Okay. Yeah. That's so, good. you know, even when I was really young, give you some background on me, you know, and the enemy brought many things into my life to cause me to live in fear. And as far back as I can remember, I was always at church. <laughs> Being a preacher's kid, you're always at church. Yeah. My dad was a Baptist preacher, and many of our homes were right across the street from the church. And so most of the time, I was, it was either spent you know, playing around the neighborhood, at home, or over at the church while my dad was working. And I heard a lot of conversations about spiritual things, you know, the good and the bad. Oh, yeah. I heard things about angels and demons. I lived on you know, the south side of Chicago, south side, <laughs> during my younger years. So I witnessed a lot of things, too. And when I was a child, it was the 70s. And most people's neighborhoods were pretty much you know, safe. Yeah. I mean, my parents let us run free all over the neighborhood all day. And we just knew to come in when the streetlights came on. You know, that's... That's pretty safe. I remember one day, you know, our neighbors across the street, and they regularly attended our church, they found their teenage son who had committed suicide because he was addicted to heroin. and awful. Yeah, and he felt he could never be free of it, so he shot himself in the head, and everyone was shocked and devastated. You know, it's just like an example of some of the things that I was faced with, you know, in the area that we lived in at a young age. And, um, you know, being a preacher's kid, you pretty much hear everything. So you're around your parents talking or other people talking all the time or, you know, just listening into other people's conversations. You're a kid, right? (laughs) You know, I heard a lot about God, but I also heard many stories about the the enemy and demons. And just like my neighbor's son, it seemed like the enemy had a lot of power over people. And it seemed to me that when people talked about demons being cast out of people and because of their own fearful thoughts – I began picking up on these things, and I adapted that same kind of mindset. Yeah, it's scary. That'd be frightening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no one ever out and out told me to be afraid of Satan or demons. It was just something I somehow concluded in my mind as true. And now add to it scary movies I watched over the years. Right. And yeah. Seeing demons or Satan portrayed as something to be afraid of would just, just added fuel to the oh, fire. Yeah. You know, and I, I remember playing times that I was playing around the church while I was waiting on my dad to finish up his work, and I found myself walking down a dark hallway in the basement of the church, and I sensed something that gave me chills up my spine. 
<laughs> and I just took off running to- and headed towards my dad's office, you know. And I, I never really talked about it with my dad, but just kept it to myself. And, um, you know, just even when I was older, if you fast forward to like, I was in middle school, we lived in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, and I, many times I'd be walking home from school, which was right across the street from the church, and I'd go in and go play the piano in the sanctuary until my dad finished working, and he'd just give me a ride home, you know, and then it was time for dinner, right? Right. And I loved to play the piano in there, especially when I had the whole sanctuary to myself. The acoustics was awesome. Yeah. And I'd be playing, and all of a sudden... I sensed a demonic presence, and immediately a cold chill went up my spine, and my eyes widened, and I froze in fear, and took off running out of the sanctuary, right into my dad's office. You just know. You know it's a demonic presence. Right. It's scary. You know it. In the church. Yeah. And my my defense was running. Yeah. (laughs) I'm standing there, you know, over my dad's desk, panting, and I'm out of breath because I was running in there, you know, and uh, just asking him, when when are you ready to go home, Dad? (laughs) And I'm not really sure why I never, you know, had conversations with my dad about these things that I was experiencing. I just knew I could talk to my dad about anything, but just typically we just shrugged things off like that is your imagination. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents do that. Right. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Go play. Yeah. Go play. Yeah. <laughs> so there were many other things that I was fearful of, including like a fear of what other people thought about me, like a fear of man. I was once afraid, very afraid of dogs. I even jumped on my teacher's desk in the middle of school because somebody let a dog in the building. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I had very low self-esteem. I struggled in school. And so there was a lot of uh, fear, you know, looming over my head, you know, that I might fail. Yeah. That was just another extension of fear that I held on to. And maybe, you know, we'll talk about that area during another podcast. Yeah. Um, but just fast sure. forward to about the year 2000. And when God called me to come into prayer as an adult, you know, with him at 5.30 in the morning. So, of course, at that time, it's dark in the house. It's yeah. dark outside. So, um, you know, it was a big commitment for me to, to do that and go to him in prayer. But I was obedient. And I would get up while it was dark, walk through the house, make my way to the extra bedroom and get on my knees in prayer. And it was during these times of prayer that sometimes I felt a demonic presence come into the room. I'd freeze up immediately like I did just as a kid, you know, my head go down and I'm like, and I immediately called out to Jesus to help me. And whenever I did that, it would go away. Praise God. And then I'd just go go back to continuing to pray. And I had many experiences like that would freak anybody out just to hear me share all the stuff that happened. But each time I called out to Jesus and he would help me and he comforted me and I felt better. Until, of course, you know, it happened the next time. Wow, that reminds me of how I got saved. You know, I'd be asleep in my bed with my husband right next to me. Mm-hmm. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, frozen. I couldn't move. I was pinned to the bed. And I could feel an evil presence all around me. I could hear demons talking and laughing at me, which is by itself was just Oh, that's, that's terrifying. haunting. Yeah. I felt the devil trying to get inside my body, Mm. and the only thing I knew to do was to say the name of Jesus. When I would try to speak, it was difficult, but when I got the name out of my mouth, it wasn't my voice. It was a demonic voice, which freaked me out even more. I had to fight to say it, and when I did, I could hear the demons scream. But they left me every single time. Every single time, you know, you'd start speaking the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. They have to go. Until the next time. Yeah. And I would go through it all over again. Wow. And there were times I was scared to go to sleep, you know, and I researched it. I found out that other people experienced similar things. They called it sleep paralysis, but I knew 
I knew it was way more than that. Yep. You know, my, th- my husband thought I was crazy because he slept through it every single time. So I didn't know what else to do. So I called my mom after one really scary episode. And she told my stepdad, who at the time, you know, he was a Christian. He came to my house and the very next day anointed my pillows, my room, my oh, bed, wow. the house. Oh, that's scary. And he said, something's got to change here. Yep. <laughs> Your mom and I found a church that we would like you to try. And I was going to a Baptist church at the time, and, and they lived out in East Texas. So their church was about... It was, a, it was a ways away. It was over an hour away. So they had just looked up and found an odd denomination of church close to where we live. I went to this little church I had never been to before with my husband and my mom and my stepdad. And the pastor did an altar call. Now, I thought I was saved because I was a Baptist. and you know, But when he said, raise your hand, if you need Jesus, my hand shot up so fast. <laughs> and I held it that way the whole time he was speaking. And I even remember when I was holding my hand up. I was crying, just tears rolling down my face because I knew something felt different in me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember my, my hand getting tired from holding it up. And I remember feeling somebody helping me hold my hand up. Wow. I, I believe now that was Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. yeah. He then asked for those that raised their hand to come down. This is the pastor. Come down the front. There was, you know, there's about seven of us. And I ended up being the very last one on the end. He walked up to each person and said some things to them, prayed over them, and most of them fell to the floor. That, I've never experienced that before. I've wow. never seen it before. Wow. You know, I've seen people talk about it. I've heard people talk about it and seen a few things like that on TV, but never up close like that. But, you know, when he came to me, I was terrified. I didn't know what to expect. When that pastor looked me in the eyes and placed his hands on my head, he said, those demons that are coming to you at night while you sleep will never come to you again. Do you understand? Wow. I... I didn't know what to do. I was shocked. I just all I could do was nod my head. There was no way that man could have known unless God spoke to him and told him. And then a woman that was standing next to him said to me, "Don't ever forget what you're about to experience." And they started praying over me, and I felt something lift up and out of my body. Wow! And I fell to the floor. Mm. I was delivered that day, and I've never had those experiences again. And I'll never forget what those two people did for me. Wow. That's awesome. that is that is really good. Yeah, that blows me away. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. You know, all those years growing up, even into adulthood, no one taught me how to stand up and fight against the enemy. Yeah. No one taught me. me. Yeah. No I one taught me it. about the authority I, I have in Christ. I knew plenty about my salvation and that I would have eternal life with Jesus in heaven. And when I died, because of the decision I follow, I you know made to follow Jesus. But no one taught me about identity in Christ and that I carried the authority of Christ within me to rebuke demons and Satan himself. You know, I remember thinking to myself one time, okay, so what's the opposite of fear? Faith. Faith, So I thought to myself, well, I just need more faith to overcome my fears. I thought the same thing. (laughs) Right. And then a very wise friend of me corrected me one day when I had said it out loud. She said, you know, 1 John 4.18, she said, remember, Laura, it's perfect love that casts out all fear. And it was a verse that really shattered my logical thinking and reasoning. I realized that she was right instantly. You know, I knew it. That if I just came to know how perfect God's love is for me, it would drive out all the fear in my thinking and out of my life and, the an- and you know, the answer to getting rid of all of the fear. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I've heard that fear is the language of the devil and faith is the language of God. Mm, that's awesome. I agree. That's a good, that's a good phrase. That's true, yeah. Well, fast forward again to about 2011, and I was several years out of the Baptist church and attending a non-denominational church, 
And I was part of a Bible study group and with a couple of my friends, and they knew I was struggling with some areas of fear. And they offered to help me, you know, spend some time with me over a period of several weeks and help me be free of the stronghold of fear in my life. And it was during that time that we thoroughly went through the scriptures that opened my eyes to understanding everything that Jesus died to save me from. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. understanding that his death remade what was broken in the Garden of Eden. Not only that, but Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And then the giving of the Holy Spirit gave us the authority and the power to not only resist the devil, but to rebuke him by the authority we have in Jesus. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> and I learned, you know, that I was a child of God, the Most High God, daughter of the King of all kings. Like yes. I saw myself as royalty. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And because of his blood, it wasn't because of anything I did, but yeah. it was because of his blood. Thank you, Jesus. I was yes. covered and protected and sealed for all eternity. Uh, because it was the authority of Christ that really set in with me. Yeah. You know, I realized all those times I cowered in fear. I should have, you know, immediately rebuked the enemy myself by the authority he had already given me. So through that process, I realized all the years I'd believed a lie that the enemy had some type of authority over me, yeah. that he was awesome, you know, or someone to be feared. Right. When all along, I was the one who had the authority and the power. And the enemy truly feared me coming into that understanding. That's right. Yes. You know, That's the tables right. were turned back on the enemy that day, and my life has never been the same. I mean, I just needed to see what the perfect love of God truly did for all who believe in him and walk in that understanding every day. That verse changed my whole perspective as a Christian. That's so good. That is good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yes, I knew it was God that led you to your friends, Laura, but what got you to that point? Well, I was attending a prophetic meeting that night, and two of my friends were there with me, and there was a man who prophesied over me, and he pointed out uh, that I still had some areas of fear that needed to be addressed. I mean, he said some really encouraging things, but at the end he said, and I still see you've got some fear in your life. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> And it was not, then not pleasant to hear. No, <laughs> you know, I mean, tell me some great, cool things about myself. But yeah. then it was like, really, I'm not done yet. Right. <laughs> so it was then that my two friends, when they were there with me, they they asked if they could help me get rid of, you know, the fear in my life. I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> Can you do us a favor and explain what prophesy? means you said the man prophesied of yeah yeah you know just to prophesy just means that someone comes and they're they're anointed by the holy spirit and they speak words of encouragement or direction words of knowledge just like it's a download of knowledge given by the holy spirit you know for someone whoever you're you're praying over or speaking over that's good wow. you know wow wow We'll, yeah. we'll do a whole podcast on fear. Yeah. And yes. when we do, we'll go a lot deeper into that topic. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a good a idea. There's a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are some other favorite scriptures you guys have? Susan? I have one, Matthew eleven twenty five through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So... With my background, experience in spiritual direction and pastoral counseling, I listen to a great deal of pain, suffering, and struggles. Wow. That has to be intense. It is. To deal and with. hard to deal with. Yeah. But God created you just for that. Right. You're a good listener. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> this scripture speaks to me during my trials and tribulations. Therefore, as I know it to be true for me personally, I can share it with others. 
Yeah. When I read this verse, I can again know that I was not created by God to carry such heavy burdens. Right. Right. Instead, he created me to lean on him. Right. Yeah. I'm powerless without him. Jesus carried the cross and suffered for us before the cross, on the way to the cross, and on the cross. That's good. Mm -hmm. He can therefore help us through our struggles. The way of the world can be heavy and demanding. All the stimulation and noise and pressures of media is unrelenting. Right. It's Jesus' way that gives us peace. Right, yeah. He offers us a true rest and shows us the way to the Father that is light and not burdensome. Jesus always went to the Father before he faced his circumstances and in the midst of them. He drew strength from God, and he models how we can draw that same strength, too. We're not meant to do it alone. Right. 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 That's good. Laura, what about you? Do you have any other scriptures? Well, I've got a couple of them. They're very similar, but it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your your paths. And then Proverbs 16, 9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And uh, these two verses are scriptures I often pray over myself and asking the Lord to, for direction in my life, because I know my own human decisions could lead me down the wrong path, right? Yeah. right? So I totally, completely depend on the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me in every decision I make on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I completely rely on Him and trust His leadership in my life. That's good. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, one of my new favorite scriptures is Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. This one has become dear to me recently because I've learned about the authority that I have because of Jesus. I speak this scripture often. What about you guys? I use it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yep. If yep. anything goes wrong during my day, or if I get a phone call from someone I know that that is the first scripture I send up to heaven. I just do not come into agreement with any negative report anymore. That's right. 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 And another script, favorite scripture that I have is Deuteronomy twenty eight thirteen. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only, and you shall not be beneath. Amen. Amen. All right. We're above the enemy, not beneath. He's under our feet, and he will no longer have any say in mine or my family's life. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Take authority. That's right. That's right. All right, guys, that's all the time we have today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on our favorite scripture. Next week, we'll be talking about boundaries, and this is going to be a great topic. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. And we just want to close with this scripture. Matthew seven twenty four says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's good. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. So thank you, thank Caitlin. You, Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. <laughs> Before you go, we would invite you to... Please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. We would love to hear from you, so please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. And, you know, send us your favorite scripture and tell us why you think it's important to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, and please visit our websites. KathyZaka.com, ChosenToWrite.com, and SusanOffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. All right, until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, 
All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.